0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 45.
1: You know, because of my first uh, my first JV deal, it, it really kind of changed my mindset and showed me the importance of building relationships with other investors. Sometimes when you're new at this, guys, you can kind of get into the mindset that, oh, wow, there's a lot of other investor wholesalers out here doing this too. So you kind of may get into a scarcity mentality or mindset, but you really should have an abundance mindset and think that, You know, hey, I can partner with these guys or gals that are wholesaling as well versus looking at them as competition.
2: This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts... Tom Kroll, and Cody
0: Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode of Wholesaling Inc. Brought to you by Investor Grit. Today, Rhino Nation, we have an awesome, awesome episode for you to be listening to. If you are not driving, this would be one. The reason I say this, this will be one that you want to take a lot of notes on. Get a pen and a piece of paper out because there's going to be gold nugget after gold nugget. Let loose on this podcast. So today we have an investor from Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Sean Young. And Mr. Sean Young, he's been wholesaling for six months. And part of that is, a majority of that's been just part-time. He was a successful salesman, and he's been doing this for just very little part-time. It started in September. And then in January, it got to the point where he's like, you know what? I am absolutely loving wholesaling and switched over full-time to wholesaling. So since September, he has done eight wholesale deals that has made him a total of $49,000. And he's going to speak about an, a, an interesting approach on how to get started as a wholesaler. And so... This is why I tell you right now, Rhino Nation, if you are thinking about getting into wholesaling but you just don't know where to start, this is the episode for you because he's going to tell you how to do it with very little money because we all know it takes money to start doing some marketing and get your message out there. Sean goes a brilliant way and he has an approach that's just going to blow your mind on how you can get into it with not using your own money. So get ready. Mr. Sean
1: Young how are you doing my man hey 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 Cody how's it going I'm doing great
0: good. good 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 so fill us in on the gaps kind of take us through a little bit about yourself so we can get to understand who you are and then sure. kind of walk us through what these last six months have done for you
1: sure sure let me give you guys some background on myself um, I come from a sales executive background I was just literally making a six-figure income like right at six you know right just above six figures you know I'd, I'd heard about wholesaling before I'd actually went to a, an event years ago and, uh, and actually met with Tom Kroll, which is uh, Cody's partner, years ago. And, and you know, I heard about this wholesaling thing, but I kind of did the analysis paralysis or the over-analysis deal where I just felt like I needed to learn so, so much. And, and it kind of paralyzed me. So I, I, I learned a whole lot, but I didn't take any action. So I, I left it alone. And this past year, I, I was uh, just you know looking through some notes and I said, you know what? I mean, I, I want something different. I, I want to, you know, I want freedom for myself. I want time to be with my family, with my friends, you know, with my my job. I traveled a lot, you know, like literally every other week I'm traveling, you know, all across the country. So I, there's different things that I wanted for myself that my job or no job really could provide. And that's just, you know, the freedom and the luxury, you know, to be your own, your own individual, your own self-made individual. And that's something I really prided myself on. So in September, I went ahead and said, hey, let me, you know, start getting involved with this. So, I took it very seriously, and, and I uh, purchased, um, or I, you know, I, I invested in a mentor, should I say? And, and in doing so, that gave me some definitely some key steps, and it gave me a lot of uh, guidance, and uh, it kept me on track, and it, it really kept my my uh, feet to the fire, so to speak, on, on what I need to do. It was you know, it was very instructional based, and and task oriented, and all about taking massive action. So that's what I did. I started right off the bat. You know, just taking massive action, making calls. I didn't have a, a lot of money, even though I had a, a great job and a great income. I you know had a great deal of expenses to go along with that as well, so I didn't have a whole lot of spending money for like marketing and and things of that nature. So you know, I I just wanted to be as creative as possible. So I, I took the little bit of money that I did have and I sent out the marketing campaign um, with a mailer system that that is available for tribe members. And um, you know, I, I literally spent you know maybe three hundred dollars, which was all that I had available at that time and, and I sent out some campaigns and uh, I got, and I sent out a campaign, excuse me. And I, and I got a you know, pretty good response back from that, which was very surprising to me. It was exciting all at the same time. You know, I was taking calls and, you know, negotiating deals and, you know, running numbers and, you know, doing research. I mean, it was all super duper exciting, but it really got exciting when I got my first deal under contract. And the way that I got that deal under contract was again, through those mailers. And, um, that a a gentleman contacted me and said, Hey, you know, I've received your mailer, you know, what, what do you got for me? And, uh, it was a a three bath, two bed house, a two, three bed, two bath house. Excuse me. I say that's uh,
0: interesting. They had more bathrooms than bedrooms.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Right. That would be very interesting. Um, but no, it was a three bed, two bath, about 1400 square feet. And the gentleman wanted 57 K up front. I mean, he, he literally came out and said, you know, this is what I want. This is where I'm at. You know, can you make me an offer? And, And of course that's not, you know, we want to definitely get the house or the or the, you know, the, the property under contract for as low as possible. So if I, I made him an offer for thirty thousand, and uh, you know he he shot back with a couple of different, you know, offers, and we we went back and forth literally on this conversation for maybe fifteen minutes before we we ended up at thirty nine k. So I locked it up at 39K. I, I sent him an elect- electronic contract. So he immediately signed. I met with the guy the, the next day just to, so I could uh, have access to the property and, and uh, you know, be able to have my, you know, my buyers or inspectors be able to come in to take a look or however that would work. But what I did, didn't have is I didn't have a lot of buyers. I was kind of I was really brand new to all this. So I didn't have a, a, a huge buyers list. I, I at that point maybe had 75 buyers who I had reached out to and, and spoken with. But this property, unfortunately, wasn't in in the area of where those buyers were looking. So I was in such somewhat of a predicament. So what I did is I, I reached out to another partner that's out here who's a, an investor wholesaler. He's a tribe member. His name is Daryl. And uh, you know he's actually killing it out here. He's doing super awesome. So I partnered with Daryl and explained my circumstances and situation and said, hey, you know, I have a, a great deal. I, I think there's a, a you know opportunity for us to make some money here, uh, to win-win for us both. The gentleman wants to get out of the home because he's just an, an elderly guy that doesn't want that responsibility. So we're going to help him out. Do you have any buyers that are looking for a property in this area so we can help them out? Because, you know, it's a win-win for us for everyone involved. So Darrell said, you know, give me a couple of a minutes. But he actually called me back in a couple of hours and said, hey, I've got somebody. Let's get it done. So I actually assigned my interest, my equitable interest in my in that contract that I had with my seller over to to my investor, which was Daryl. Daryl actually had the buyer in place to go ahead and close out on the deal. And uh, I mean, this is why I absolutely love doing JV deals, because this is something that. I didn't imagine I could actually do. I actually was getting a lot of anxiety up front at first because I thought, hey, what am I going to do? I've got this deal in the contract. My buyers aren't biting. You know, it's been a couple of days. I'm I'm starting to panic a little bit. But JV deals are the way to go. by the way,
0: hold on one sec with that so our listeners understand this. So with JV, guys, what that means is it's just a short term for saying joint venture where you're partnering with other investors. So all right, Sean, rock and roll. Keep going with that.
1: So, yeah, I love doing joint venture deals. I mean, joint venture deals are definitely the way to go, but but let me really point out something that's very, very important, guys. You definitely want to get with an attorney uh, before you, you start doing your deals and, and you know, kind of getting yourself caught up in, in a predicament that you don't fully understand. And, and an attorney will definitely help make sure that you're on track And that you are doing things the right way and that you are structuring the paperwork and the deals the proper way the whole time through, which is very, very important.
0: So key, Sean. I love that you bring this up because there's so much value, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at with real estate attorneys on making sure that you're wholesaling the way that you should be in your state because every state is governed differently when it comes to real estate. And so I love that you point this out, that not only are you taking massive action, but you're doing it correctly. You've you've set this up with a real estate attorney to make sure that you are doing it the way that you need to in structuring these JV deals, these joint venture deals, the way that need to be structured and not just going out in a whim and just making sure that you do it however you want, but doing it correctly. So that's that's absolutely awesome. Now, mind you, Rhino Nation, Sean was doing this very part-time, like very part-time. And so this is why... He had this option of he didn't have like a strong cash buyers list, but he thought outside the box. He knew other people that did have strong cash buyers and he leveraged that relationship and did these joint ventures. So, doing it part time, it led you to do something very unique that I think is going to be some added value to our listeners that you did from there. What was
1: it you did from that time going forward with JV deals? Now, yeah, definitely, guys. You know, because of my first. Uh, my first JV deal, it it really kind of changed my mindset and showed me the importance of building relationships with other investors. Sometimes when you're new at this, guys, you can kind of get into the mindset that, oh, wow, there's a lot of other investor wholesalers out here doing this too. So you kind of may get into a scarcity mentality or mindset, but you really should have an abundance mindset and think that, you know, hey, I can partner with these guys or gals that are wholesaling as well versus looking at them as competition. So once I started, you know, really nurturing those type of relationships, I was able to partner with a couple of other investors who actually gave me money to market for us directly. Basically, they just say, here, here's some money for marketing and uh, you get the houses under contract. And with my buyers, um, I'll, I'll close the deals out and, um, and we'll split those deals 50-50. So doing a mixture of those type of deals and closing deals on my own, has definitely been something that uh, has been very rewarding for me. but those jV deals is definitely a route that I'm going to continue with because I see the definite benefit in uh, you know having these relationships.
0: So I love this, Sean. So here's the thing, and guys, if you didn't catch that, like holy smokes, write this down. That is so many gold nuggets because I know there's so many people, Sean, out here listening to this. That they're in the same boat. They're out there working full time. How do I switch over? How am I able to create my story that lack, that that looks just like Sean's, where I'm able to kind of do it part time until I can see the joy and the benefit and and the money that can be made, and then do like the full time. And what's huge, guys, if you're listening, there's some key things here, and it's leveraging those relationships to where the first one, it just happened to fall upon him. And then from there, he thought outside the box. He used that, that one deal to strike up different ideas on how he can grow his business quicker to get out of the rat race and not do the nine to five anymore. And he did that by leveraging relationships to where he now has people saying, hey, we're not as good at you as putting homes under contract and meeting with sellers, but we do have money here. Here's some money. Go do your marketing, put the homes under contract, and then I'll use my cash buyers to sell it. And I absolutely love that you share this, Sean, because I know there's so many people that are looking to to know how do they do that? How can they escape this and, and do this part-time to where they can do it full-time? So let's kind of deep dive Specifically, like your most recent deal, what you used for marketing, I know you use their dollars to pay for the marketing, but what kind of marketing is it? direct mail, is it door hangers? is it bandit signs and then let's let 's deep dive a deal to help people understand how you can do it
1: sure, perfect, sounds awesome all right um, well let 's go into the, my most recent deal, which I actually just closed on this past Friday. So uh, that's my most recent deal. Uh, this deal here was, I, I've actually worked in this deal for about a month and a half. It took about a month and a half to close because there were some special circumstances. But let me just start from the very beginning. I got this deal by using a marketing, a direct marketing campaign, a postcard. And on this postcard, it has specific, you know, verbiage and things that got the, the uh, seller to call me back and and offer me, you know, the ability to get their home under contract. And in this particular case, it was an out-of-state owner. And they were actually managing the property for their sister, who has a, a form of dementia or, or is, was developing dementia. So they were actually like the, the caretakers and, and had the ability to do business for them on their behalf. So in this case, I, I you know spoke with the you know the family that's working with the, the homeowner, and they said, hey, you know we've got a house and we have a piece of land that sits right beside it as well. And we're willing to sell both of them to you together. But this is the catch. We don't even want anything for the house. <laughs> I said, you don't want anything for the house? Well, I mean, that, that, that's definitely a catch. Let me hear more. So, I, you know, of course, I'm quiet. And they're like, well, here's the catch. We don't want anything for the house, but there is a, mor- there is a lien on the house based upon a, a loan that was taken out against the mortgage. And that was about eight or nine years ago. So I said, okay, Got it. Now, I, just to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge on, on how I would navigate around that. But I had confidence and, and uh, I had you know, courage in the ability of my, my partners who I network without here in my market to have come across something similar to this situation. So I you know I did I reached out to one of my partner investors who actually helped with the marketing campaign that got us this deal and yeah, uh, this- using your leverage again on relationships I love using this the leverage, I love this. using the leverage so he actually said, "Hey, yeah, I've got it. I, I know exactly how we can do this. Um, we'll ne- negotiate with the short sale department, try to you know get loan forgiveness. We'll do X, y, or Z, but in the meantime the the sellers were selling the home for they weren't selling it for anything, but the lien against the home was for fifty thousand. So basically, anything that I was able to negotiate below that fifty thousand would be a profit for me." However, we had a buyer in place that was willing to give me and my, me and my investor partner $8,000 above that 5000 So he was willing to purchase our contract on that home for $58,000, even if we couldn't negotiate it down further. So the reason why it took a little longer to close is because we were working with the, the different departments in the bank to try to negotiate on that loan. And that's a, a process that can be pretty lengthy. And we could have actually extended it out. And I'm going to say this, guys, out there as well. This is something that I've learned, and I, and I can promise you it's true. The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck in the end. So I I really jumped the gun because of various reasons. But we if we could have extended this out, the paycheck would have been much larger than it actually turned out to be, which was an eight which was actually eight thousand. We again we we got the house under contract. I did a deal with my partner where I gave them equitable interest, so they were in control. They were able to sell that contract to their buyers, so to speak, for fifty eight thousand. So my initial fifty thousand with the fifty eight thousand gives us an eight thousand dollar Profit. Yeah. Profit. There we go. Money in the bank. So split that 50-50, and that's $4,000 for me. Another check, another deal done, and and you know, living out my dream.
0: <laughs> my man, here we go. You know what's coming. Get ready. Yeah, absolutely. You okay, got a victory right there. Like This is huge. And here's the thing is you think outside the box. This is going to resonate and connect with a lot of our listeners because a lot of people – A lot, a lot of people, Sean, when you say a lot, like a majority of the people have a full-time job, and they want to know how to get into it, and you did it. It kind of just stumbled in your lap what way you may have thought you were going to originally start doing this. it, It didn't go that way, and that is okay, but you rolled with how it was presented to you. And then you just thought outside the box. My grandpa always said making uh, lemonade when given a lemon, right? And it's kind of like, here's how I initially planned doing it. It didn't go that route, but then you made some lemonade. Like it worked for you and you leveraged relationships to help get you to where you are. You're using their money to help with your marketing. You are the rock star going out and putting the homes under contract. You – do it correctly, you have a nice closing attorney that lines it all up for you, making sure you're doing it correctly. you split the fee at the end, and at the end of the day, what's pretty darn is successful and my my whole entire definition of success is that my family sees me more than my employees see me. You are now doing that, you are living that you're doing it full time you're at home, and it's this is success man this is awesome
1: absolutely absolutely i I, I couldn't ask for anything more so uh I mean this is very important guys as well you know you definitely have to just take massive action you have to be creative and think outside of the box because there's going to be some, some, you know, guys and gals that you network with and, you know, all across the country where their results may vary a little bit from yours. And it may be a little discouraging, but you don't let it discourage you. What you want to do is say, hey, that just may not work in my market. Let me try some things in my market and do some experimenting and see what the results yield me. And then that'll help you guys, you know, get through those tough periods and tough spells where you're, you're trying to get your, your momentum going.
0: Love it. So let's do this. What would, if you could go back and helping our listeners, if they're right now, a lot of them are at the starting point and they listen to this podcast to get motivated, inspired, go back to the beginning, knowing what you know now, what would you have done maybe differently or what would you make sure that they did do at the beginning stages?
1: Okay, definitely something I would have done differently is I would not have done a a, like an information overload phase. Like I wouldn't have gone through an information overload paralysis analysis type of phase. I would definitely suggest that you guys, you know, learn the key things that you need to learn, but know that you do not have to be an expert in any particular area of, you know, of this business, so to speak. You want to just know the things that can get you to the next step and the next step and the next step. Be an expert at getting to the next step. And, um, and, and that'll help you. And that's something that I de- definitely wish I, I kind of would have done at first because I was always at step one thinking about what I'm going to do at step six and then step 10, and, and I'm only at step one. So let me just get to step two and three, and then you, things – magically kind of just unfold for you. You know, it it seems like magic, but it's just, that's just the process. You got to work through that process. So that would be my suggestion to you guys and gals out there that are getting going is, you know, just take massive action. You know, don't be afraid uh, to, you know, go out there and take action. It's, It's progress over perfection.
0: There you go. If there is one quote I want each one of you to put on your wall above your computer, above your desk, whatever it is, a place that you see it frequently, it would be those exact words right there. Progress, not perfection. Because there is no such thing as a perfect plan. It's just getting the idea down, getting something that's actionable. Even though you don't know it perfectly, you go out there and you take imperfect action and you make it happen. You don't wait for a perfect plan. It doesn't exist. So go for progress. Not for perfection, and you will be just like Sean, closing deals left and right, to where you can leave the rat race and do wholesaling full time. And Sean, I love it; I absolutely love it. What about a, a book? What would be a good book that, when you read this, it's like, man, this is my motivator, this is my mojo
1: right here? Hey, I tell you, there's a good book that um that that's always that's been recommended to like the tribe even as well, and it's by Edwin Gaines. And uh, this book here is actually called Tithing. Uh, And uh, it's a it's a very important book because even if you're not, uh, you know, into religion or, or, you know, anything like that, it it doesn't matter. Uh, It's the principles that it's discussing, because it's saying that, you know, you should give back to something that has spiritually enriched you in some form or or fashion in your life, whether that's an individual, an organization, a church, you know, however that you can give back. You know, give back. Take 10 percent of what you earn. Take 10 percent of your earnings. Put it to the side. Do it consistently. Don't be afraid that you're doing it and just do it. And the universe will give back to you. So that's a good book. That's a good book and that I would that definitely the, recommend. Is that the Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity? That's the Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. I totally apologize. I didn't even give the, the, the title.
0: I love that book and I 100% agree. In fact, Rhino Nation, in the tribe, we live and die by that book because it teaches such a sound principle. And what he said is perfect. Christian or not, the whole point is the more you give – the more you receive. And it's the law of the harvest tenfold where hold aside money. And he said it perfect. And, and the book says it just like Sean just mentioned it, is giving back to those that spiritually feed you. And so no matter how that looks, it's it's an awesome book. And it opens your mind to realize, man, all successful people live by this principle. And that is that that tithing that it teaches in that book. So I absolutely love it, Sean. Awesome, awesome book. And what an awesome time to literally spend some time with you and our listeners so that we could get your message out there of how you did it. How are you able to escape the nine to five, be with the family more, not travel on the road so often and do it in a way that was Sean's way. It wasn't the exact cookie cutter way of doing wholesaling, but it works. And that's what I absolutely Absolutely. love
1: about it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Cody. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. I hope I've helped you guys out there, and uh, you know, let's all make it happen. Let's see our dreams come reality.
0: Love it. So, Rhino Nation, at the end of this now, here we go. Get ready. I need you to go over to wholesalinginc.com. That is our new website. This website is awesome. It's got some inspirational stories, just like Sean's, of tribe members all around the nation that are wholesaling, That are sharing their story of how they are doing it. Go to the testimonials tab and you can see exactly how they do it. Also, if you're not on our email list and you're looking for like the next gold nugget, what is it that you can take action on today? We give out instruction, we give out not knowledge and education. That stuff gets into what Sean talked about that analysis paralysis. We give out instruction, things that you can implement and put into action. Get on our email list. Subscribe to that so we can start emailing you some actionable items to make you a successful wholesaler. Also, one thing to point out that's going to be huge – and that is there's an event in Salt Lake City. Now, this is for tribe members only. So if you're not part of the tribe, what in the world are you waiting for? Because this is going to be amazing. There's going to be amazing guest speakers there. Here's the best part. The cost is absolutely 100% free to tribe members. So if you're a part of the tribe, get to Salt Lake. This is going to be an event that you don't want to miss. If you're not part of the tribe, Book a call with our team today, and if we like what you have to hear, we just might invite you to be part of the tribe and see you live in Salt Lake City. And those dates are April 27th through the 29th. All right, Rhino Nation, take care, and we'll see you on next time on Wholesaling Inc., brought to you by Investor Grit.
2: That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at WholesalingInc.com by joining the mailing list as well as getting your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your host, Tom Kroll. We'll see you next episode with many more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.